Hello, and welcome to She Dynasty. I'm Valerie Moiselle, and these are the women who rule. everyone and welcome back to She Dynasty. Today I am very excited to welcome Allison Ellsworth, the co-founder and chief brand officer at Poppy. And Poppy is a prebiotic soda that promotes gut health. And so we have so much to learn about what that means. Super, super awesome drink that I had the pleasure of tasting for the first time Um, a few weeks ago, and I'm very excited to learn all about it and all about Allison and her journey. If you don't already, please, please follow us on Instagram. Also like and subscribe to our podcast um, on iTunes and every other uh, podcast platform. You can find us if you just type in She Dynasty. We'd really, really appreciate the support and um, very excited to keep inspiring women along their journeys. Hi, Allison. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for being here today. So, so excited to have you on the show and to talk about everything that you're doing. I am so inspired by what you've accomplished so far and can't wait to see where this goes. Um, I will tell you that, um, I tried my first poppy drink uh, a few weeks ago and not only, you know, first of all, I'm a very visual person because my background is, um, as an art director, creative director. Um, and so when I see your packaging, like it's just happiness, just visual happiness, but what's amazing is what's inside lives up to, lives up to the, the visual aesthetic so much that it was, it was just so, so awesome. So thank you for creating such an awesome product. Yeah. And that's great. Cause literally our tagline is we get happy. And so we love to inspire a culture of happiness, one delicious soda at a time. And so when you say that it made you feel happy, we, that's the idea and why we named the product poppy. Cause it pops off the shelf. It makes you happy. It makes your gut happy. I love that. So, um, you know, poppy is a prebiotic soda that promotes gut health. You just mentioned that. Can you explain a little bit what that means? Cause I wasn't totally sure that I understood it. I mean, I've read a little bit, but I think hearing it from you in like simple terms would be really helpful. Yeah. So poppy is a prebiotic soda, not probiotic, which a lot of people get that confused. And there there's a big difference between the two, right? Probiotics are things that you put in your body that are living cultures, right? Like kefirs and yogurts and and pills and stuff like that. Well, prebiotics is the food for the probiotics or your current gut flora. And so if you think of you have a garden and you fertilize your garden, that's what the prebiotics is doing for your gut. And so for us over here at Poppy, we have apple cider vinegar, which has been around for thousands of years as a homeopathic remedy for so many different things. But the main thing and the reason why I started the company was for gut health. Mm -hmm. And what is flora? Can you explain what that means? Yeah, gut flora are the little microbiome organisms that are in your gut that are living and breathing inside of you, right? So it's, it's, you can put them in, in the forms of the probiotics. They're living cultures. Um, a lot of people here, you know, kombuchas have 
living cultures in it. So those are those, those living things, organisms inside your gut. Got it. So is the apple cider vinegar, the kind of secret ingredient that is um, creating that? Yeah. And it's the whole reason, you know, going back, I haven't mentioned my personal story, but why I started the company has a lot to do with apple cider vinegar. Awesome. Well, I, um, I want to hear all about why you started the company, but hold on that for a second, just cause I'm going to get to it. All right. So let's, let's kind of go back to, um, your childhood. Um, I want to hear about, you know, when you were younger, what you, um, what were some of your sparks when you were a kid? Cause I always love to see what people think, um, they wanted to do when they grew up and then kind of what they are actually doing and how it matches up. Cause sometimes, um, it doesn't, but there are like weird signs of kind of how you got to where you are. So tell us when you were a kid, what was the dream job? So growing up for me, my aunt owned a dance studio. So I literally lived there five, six days a week. The second I got off school to the second I went to bed, I was dancing and it was just my whole life. And from three to 20, it's what I did. I even ended up going to college to pursue a career in dance soon to change it later on. But it was just something that you know, I wish my parents probably would have pushed me a little bit harder in the education portion, but as long as I was at dance and performing, um, everything was golden. Love that. So you, you wanted, you thought you wanted to be a professional dancer. I no. What's interesting is I never want to be a professional dancer. I wanted to be a choreographer. So create, mm-hmm. I loved, you know, of course being front and center and performing, which I think goes into a lot of what I do today as the face of the company. But for me, it was that creative side and, and picturing the production in my head and, and how things come together. Got it. So you've always been a creator. Yes. So that's definitely a thread that we can pull through. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And you mentioned that your parents were entrepreneurs. Yeah. So my dad was a really big entrepreneur and always pushed the boundaries. And, you know, something that's really crazy about him is not only is he an entrepreneur, but he's an entrepreneur that has failed many times. Um, back in the 80s, he was one of the first people to do seismic drilling and was making millions and millions a month to only have it all go away years later to pick himself back up, to start another company and to be successful again. So I've seen what it's like for someone to be really successful, fail, not let him get it down and then be successful again. So for me, when I see that, it's really nice as an entrepreneur yourself because there's so many failures. There's so many hard times that you want to quit. And, you know, it just quitting was never an option. I think failure and entrepreneurship kind of go hand in hand. And I think the most successful ones always know that that's part of the process and you just kind of accept it. And I think it's really the big part, the big difference between people who who can stomach it and people who can't, you know, I know myself as an entrepreneur, people are like, aren't you, doesn't that make you nervous? Doesn't that make you like not sleep at night? And the answer is always yes. But like, I love that. I love, you know, I love that kind of, um, that burst of adrenaline and, you know, kind of what that feels and that challenge. And you know what? Yeah. I, I believe that my biggest breakthroughs have always come through from learning from my failures and doing it better the next time. And I believe that um, if someone can make it once and they have that skill set, they can do it again and they can actually do it better because they have learnings and you're pointing yeah. forward, right? 
So yeah. it sounds like you had um, an incredible mentor that really kind of taught you that. Um, similar to me, my dad was an entrepreneur. I didn't know anything else. Like I, there was no like corporate path for me because I didn't even know what that meant. I was just like, oh, dad owns a company, runs a company. I'm going to own and run a company, you know? So you just kind of, it's, it's amazing how those influences really uh, shape who you are. So um, one other thing that I found to be really interesting is that you used to work in oil and gas, which is so crazy. So random. Uh, so random. Um, and it's, you know, I, I always love to find patterns on She Dynasty with um, so many um, successful women who I interview. And um, it's interesting because I find these patterns of people that were in jobs that were just like have nothing to do with where they are today. And so tell us a little bit about how you got into that. Is that something to, related to your, what your dad did? So both my sister and dad and, and on that side, they have worked in oil and gas for years. And so I graduated from high school and I spent many a summer during months going out on the road with my sister and my dad doing oil and gas research, quote unquote, interning. So then the, the second I graduated from college, it was just like a natural path. And the great things about working in that kind of an, an environment, it's a very self-starting job. You're not in an office. They send you out on the road. You'll be in the middle of nowhere by yourself. So right off the bat, I had to learn to manage my day-to-day -day with no one standing there like telling me what to do. And, you know, you have to hit very specific deadlines because there's a lot of people coming in after you with lots of money on the line that need to get things done. So from a very early age, I didn't have any like handholding. Um, it was a lot of self-starting and stuff like that. And so... So those are know, also great things to learn as you're now running your own company, obviously. Yeah, I've never had the corporate job working in the cubicle and or the McDonald's or the, you know, I never, I've never had any of those experiences. So this is like all I know. Same here. I totally relate to you. <laughs> I totally relate. You know, sometimes I'll interview women on Chi Dynasty that are on, you know, in C-suite executives at huge companies. And it's, it's fascinating to me because it's so different than entrepreneurship, like right. the kinds of struggles the kinds of stresses that you have, they're just different. They're just different. Like there's something I think more personal about what we go through. Not that I'm not trying to discount, obviously what they go oh, through. Of course. Yeah, it, no, it's it. just very, it's like, it becomes one with who you are almost like you can't like separate in a way. I don't know if that, if that. And, it's, and then you see in every aspect of your life, right? Like even for me parenting, you know, I think I just expect a lot of our employees. I expect a lot from my kids, but at the end of the day, crap happens. And you, you've seen that as like a entrepreneur. And I feel like if you can add that human aspect into it and not be so business all the time, it balances out. And, and I think a lot of people respect it and they see how hard I'm working and how hard I'm driving no matter what, and always being positive. And it, you know, I think it, it leads to a good leadership. Perfect. All right. Well, with that, tell us about the beginnings of Poppy, the spark, the idea, how, how it started. So it, it ties into when I was on the road for oil and gas, um, I was traveling and, and when you're out doing that, you don't have access to a lot of healthy things, right? You are in the middle of nowhere where oil is, is usually, you know, big fields or mountains and, 
And I didn't have access to good food or to workout facilities. And so, and you're living out of a hotel. Um, and so no, no kitchen access. And I just, it took a toll on my body. I just wasn't feeling good. My stomach always hurt. My skin was breaking out. At one point I had like horrible rashes. My eyes were like, my body was just, something was going on. So I started going to doctors. They couldn't figure out what was going on with me and started just giving me pills. I'm one of those people. I'm going to figure this out for myself. Started Googling on the internet, which I know you're not supposed to do, but I read drinking apple cider vinegar could reset and detox your body. So I started drinking it and I was amazed at how amazing it made me feel, but I couldn't stand the taste, right? I, I wanted it to be sustainable. I loved, you know, the benefits. And so I was like, okay, I can make this taste better. And I went to my kitchen and I created the first version of Poppy. Wow. Amazing. And, um, so you, you kind of created it in your own kitchen. You kind of just like brewed up your own, your own. Yeah. I, you know, I probably spent like three or four months because at the time I had a job, this wasn't something I was looking at to make money. It was a personal problem of mine I was trying to solve. And, but what was really important, I wanted to create something that was healthy and tasted good because I, in life also love balance and, you know, you can't, you can't go one way or one, the other way, like too far. And so I found like the perfect balance. And when I knew I kind of had something is when like my neighbors were like, Hey, what is those, those things in the Mason jars? Let's go try it. And then like one neighbor came back, she's like, can I buy some from you? And I was like, no, I'll just give it to you. And then my husband started drinking it. And then like other people started asking for, and it was like this thing. I was like, well, maybe I have something here. Yeah. You know, so, okay. So I want to stop. Cause I just had like an epiphany. So, um, there's been a few women on the show who have had a very ex- similar experience to you where they had something they were experiencing. They literally Googled something, found something that was like, has been around forever and right. then turned it into their own vision of it. And so those, um, the other story is, um, the woman Gigi Goldman who started Kopari, um, mm-hmm. you know, Kopari, the brand, the coconut oil brand. So she, um, she was having issues with her skin, um, and dryness, or she had a very personal story and kind of, um, kind of got obsessed with coconut oil and then created this entire brand around coconut oil, which is now like in every store that you walk in. I don't know if you're familiar with the brand. No, I love it. It's such amazing. And then the other woman, um, who had some health issues, um, she had some, I can't remember exactly. I'm trying to remember, but something, um, related to, um, autoimmune, um, found, uh, bee pollen. She did some searching and she was in Europe and she found bee, uh, bee pollen. And so she started to harvest her own bee pollen. People started asking about it. And so she started a company called beekeepers naturals. Um, yeah. And so you guys are like all so similar just cause you, you started with something like super, um, that's been around forever. So now I'm thinking, okay, what can I Google? <laughs> I know, right? Cause like with apple cider vinegar, you know, since it has been around for a thousand years, there's not a lot of education around it to your point. Like people know it's good for you. Now with that said, there's not a ton of like medical studies. It's a lot of like anecdotal or, or like what my personal story is. Um, but the, fa- the amount of people that tell us like, wow, I've been looking for something to make apple cider vinegar taste good is absolutely crazy. And so I think that's why I love doing what I'm doing. Cause I didn't create this to be rich or to get 
you know, like nationwide in all these stores or anything. It was literally had a problem. I had, I solved it and I started sharing it with others. Okay. So here's the, here's the big, the, the big moment I want to hear about. So you have this idea, people start to like, like it, they're asking about it. They want to try it. So to, for so many, so many people have great ideas, right? Yeah. Everyone I know is like, I have an idea. I want to pitch you. And so moving from that moment of like, I have an idea or I'm making something into my kitchen to now it's a product that I can actually like sell to someone or package. How do you make that transition? You know, I was sitting around the dinner table with my dad, who is the driving force and basically telling me you can do whatever you want. And I was sick of traveling on the road. And I was like, okay, we're going to move back to Dallas. I was married at this time. And he's like, why don't you just, you know, sell your hooch is what he called it. You know, and I I started like really thinking maybe there's a business here. Um, Like what's the harm in just taking this to the local farmer's market and just testing the market. Right. And I can do this with my full-time job. I don't have to do anything. There's a little minimal effort. And the, the, that was kind of like our aha moment, because once we took it within three weeks, we'd make it sell out, make triple sell out. Um, within three weeks of being there, the whole foods buyer came by our booth with her mom. She's usually literally never, she said, I never do this, but here's my card. This has to be in whole foods. Oh, wow. And so we got reassurance pretty early on, which I think is amazing, right? Cause there's always so many people out there that are telling you, you're going to sell a vinegar drink. The amount of times I've had people scoff at me saying you're crazy, you know, to get one of those like affirmations so early on was really, really amazing. Now, I don't know if it would have stopped us. Like if we didn't get it, I would have probably kept going, but it's kind of those little wins you have to celebrate. And, you know, it made us take it serious from that point on. I kind of feel like farmers markets are like secret weapons for people to start launch huge companies. Like people don't realize how powerful they can be because what you're doing is you're starting with a community of people, um, that are, you know, have a lot of shared, um, passions and values as you have, and you're sharing your passion. It's very personal, right? Cause these are people who live in your neighborhood and people that you see every day and they want to root for you and then they like it. And it becomes this whole like ecosystem. And then when you have that like core, all of a sudden it starts to like grow and like, it is, it's a family, you know, I, I remember I looked at my husband and I said, that was a whole foods buyer. They want us to be in whole foods. I'm quitting my job. Like I'm never going back to oil and gas. And he goes, you're crazy. At the time I was three months pregnant with our first, we just bought a house. He's like, you can't quit your job. Like you're, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm doing this. Like it was one of those moments. I was like, this is it. This is my affirmation. You know, I let my gut decide no pun intended, but it was one of those moments I was like, I'm doing this. And then to your point, there was a guy at the farmer's market that brewed his own beer and he was at the booth next to us. And he's like, oh, I could t- teach you guys how to get the whole facility set up. It's brewed very similar to beer. And I was like, let's go. So it, that community came in and helping and other entrepreneurs helping. And it was really amazing. And within 10 months, we were on the shelf at Whole Foods. Okay. So you made this decision to quit your job. And did it ever dawn on you, like, 
how saturated this category is, how many drinks, like who you're competent, like, could there be a scarier category uh, in terms of competition? No. (laughs) I mean, I had had no idea. And that I think is amazing. (laughs) You didn't quite realize what you're up against or what the competition was. You kind of just went into it just kind of naive and that's what worked about it. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing because now I look at it and beverage is a very capital intensive category. Um, Beverage is heavy for shipping. There's breakage. There's, you know, aluminum cans are all time high. There's so many things that if I probably would have dug in, would have brought a lot of fears to the surface. We had no idea what we were doing. It was just say yes and figure it out. Love it. All right. So you were the first person on She Dynasty who um, was actually on Shark Tank. So I want to hear about that experience. Like when in the journey did that happen? How'd you get on the show? Tell us everything about that. So after that experience, like I said, we ended up opening up our own production facility. It was a small 2000 square foot, no AC in Texas facility. Me and my husband were the only employees and we bottle and capped and got on the whole food shelf. And then we started growing to all the local Dallas you know, food marts and sandwich shops and natural grocers and Royal Blues. And it got to a point where I'd quit my job. I'd made my husband quit my job. We'd had our first kid. He was working a second job. It was like full startup life that I was like, we need money. Like we have a proven concept. And we started putting some fillers out and some people were interested, but I kept saying, these are not strategics, right? He agreed with me. And so then I saw on Instagram, Mark Cubans, um, he posted something and he was like, Hey, shark tank tryouts in three days. And we hadn't been preparing or anything. I said, let's just show up and see what it is. Well, you show up and you're also in line with like 800 people. (laughs) Um, and you just get a wristband and you wait your turn all day. And then you have three minutes to pitch your little heart out. And it's what we did. And we kept getting to the next level and getting to the next level. And it took about six months of that process because I think it's really rare actually where you go to the open casting call and then you actually get on the show. There's wow. a lot of people. But once again, that goes into that naive thinking is we didn't know that. We were just doing it. Like that's what, like there was no reason not to. Yeah. And So when you got there, there was like this huge line and you just like stood in line and just went through the process, not knowing what to expect. No idea. And at that time, I mean, some time had passed. Like I said, we had a a proven concept. I was very confident in what we were doing. We had sales. You know, I think at the time we were like 500,000 in revenue over like a year and a half, not like a crazy amount, but for us, that was big money. Mm -hmm. Um, And first. Yeah. And so then we finally kept going and we got on the show and it's a very hush-hush process. Like they don't tell you if you're going to make it. And so the funny part is, you know, a running theme in my life is being pregnant, basically, right? Women doing these things. I'm not going to stop my family to just like also rule an empire and have everything I want. Right. So I end up being super pregnant. And I'm like, look guys, I'm talking to producers. Like I'm nine months pregnant. Like, am I going to be on the show? Like you have to tell me. And they were like, yes, you're going to be on the show. We're going to fly you out next week. I was nine months pregnant. What? Um, you wow. know, it's one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is a good thing because 
it kept me very calm. I was like, I cannot go in labor on national TV. <laughs> I love that. Does it shoot in Los Angeles? It does. Yeah. And of course I got checked by all the doctors. My sister lives in LA. So I was like, if I end up going in labor here, I have a place to stay. It was, right. it was fine. It was my second, you know, I was like, I've been through this before and, um, end up going and we, you, you get there and then you go into the tank and you're in there for like an hour and they are grilling you left and right and screaming at you and asking, do you meet them for the first time on it? Like when they're filming it? Yeah. You don't even know who your sharks are till the night before. Oh my God. Nothing. And the reason they were pushing ours so long and I was like nervous with being pregnant is because they had a shark they wanted to match us up with. At the end of the day, it's a TV show. They want it to be a good TV. They want us to get deals. We just don't know anything that's going on. And so his name was Rohan Oza, who is who we ended up getting a deal with. And he's a beverage shark. Like he's the perfect shark that we could ever ask for. So who else was, uh, who, who were the other sharks in the tank? So we had Mark Cuban, we had Lori, we had Bethany Frankel, Mr. Wonderful and Rohan. Awesome. And did, did, was he the only one who made an offer? He was, you know, I think he played it really cool and they were all looking up to him and they were all like, well, if Rose going to make an offer, like we'll go in. And he told them all, there's so much going on. I guess like Bethany looked at him. He told us after the fact and she was like, Hey, you want to do a deal together? And he was like, no, I'm not doing a deal. And he waited for everyone to go out and then offered us a deal later on telling us, he's like, I didn't want to share this. I knew the second it hit my lips that I was going to give you guys a deal. And I wanted it all to myself. Oh my gosh. And that all happened on the show. Yeah. So he offered us a deal. We didn't hesitate. We didn't negotiate. We said deal. Oh my gosh. And so is he still your partner? He is. So he's been a great partner. So that was him personally investing in us as a shark. And then he also runs a VC called Kavu Ventures. And they were our second investor. We were the smallest brand they'd ever invested in right out the gate. And to this day, they're our lead investor. And they've been amazing partners. Oh my gosh. Allison, I am obsessed with your story. (laughs) I love this so much. This is so, so great. Wow. I mean, that's like a dream. I mean, people die to, you know, have that happen and then have someone believe in you. I mean, it sounds like, you know, first of all, it sounds like obviously you had an amazing product. Did the, did the packaging and the design and the concept, um, was that all done at that point or did that all get reimagined after he invested? That's a good, good point. So previous to all of this, we had a different name, different packaging, everything. So we were mother beverage uh-huh. and it was named after the mother of vinegar and it was in a bottle and it was very like farmer's markety vibes, right? Because, you know, if you think back to all the stuff we were doing, it was me and my husband hustling. We didn't know how to build a brand. We were more focused on getting the caps on the bottles and getting right. it on the shelf. Right. So when we got a deal right away, Rohan said, look, you guys have fantastic liquid. It tastes amazing, but your brand is crap. So I said, I agree. What can we do about it? So we took eight months off. We pulled back distribution from where we were and we did a total rebrand. We changed the name. We changed the packaging. The liquid inside stayed the same. And then we launched Poppy in March of 2020. With the branding that it has now. Yes. And we went through so many different processes within those eight months. I'm sure you're familiar with all of them. You know, like what is the voice 
of Poppy? Do we do color? Do we do white? What is the new name? What kind of car are we? Are we the cool person at the party? You know, we went through all those exercises so that when we finally launched in March of 2020, we came out the gate really strong with our branding and who we were. And I always recommend that to other people is like, if you put that time in, it is so important. And was it well-received by Whole Foods and uh, others? Yeah. So what was really wonderful with all of it is we had at this time, since it, we got in a deal and it took about eight months to rebrand and then we were launching, um, Shark Tank caught wind of what we were doing and they wanted to film an update. Wow. So we filmed an update through that whole process and then it it launched a month after we launched. So... If you think of that time, March of 2020, COVID, right? We launch our product, once again, not knowing the whole world is about to shut down. But our episode aired in April. How often is everyone at home on a Friday night, except for April of 2020? Amazing. So the internet broke, everything crashed. Like we, we hit number one, Amazon's top seller. Like it was like absolutely insane. And it just set us on this trajectory to now we are the fastest growing non-alcoholic beverage in the nation. You know, in March, it'll be two years with Poppy. Amazing. You know, so, so we're painting a very rosy picture here, right? Um, lots <laughs> of success. I'm sure there's been hard parts. I'm sure there's been snags. Can you give us an example of, you know, something that you had to overcome that was difficult? You know, with launching during COVID, I don't, we don't know any different than being like a COVID company, right? Where it's, we've never had the opportunity to truly see what it is to be out in the market and talk to our consumer. Everything's been very digital forward. On top of that, sourcing is a nightmare. You know, I'm sure you're hearing it in the news and all over the place, but aluminum cans are, the prices are higher than anyone's ever seen in our lifetime. Wow. You know, and so as a growing brand of where we are, we're trying to build brand awareness and do all these things. There's so many of those things that just don't keep going well for us with the packaging and the sourcing and the ingredients. And everybody's, I think, really hurting from that right now. We've overcome it. We've had a lot of out of stocks. We've had, you know, issues, but, you know, I'm just dying to see what we can do, truly do if like some of that stuff will let up. So interesting. You're the first person to say that I've heard say we're a COVID company, you know, cause I mean, it's true. I mean, you've kind of navigated this whole thing and, you know, so many times when brands like yours are born, so much of it is that in-person and sharing and um, experiential and having product for people. To, and I'm sure you're probably doing different versions of that, but it's probably so different than what it used to be. So you're probably having to just like rethink how you, you know, do that. Um, it sounds like not anymore uh, and over that it, hump. It's pushed us to be a very digital first company, which we always wanted to be. And when I say digital first, it's more than just selling on Amazon, right? We've had to find a way digitally to break through to our audience, you know, on TikTok and, and Instagram and gifting through mail and, and doing all these different things um, and kind of doubling down, which is been successful for us. Amazon is, you know, I think our largest customer at this point, it's a, about a third of our business. Um, but so most people buy your product through the internet about a third. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazon is very, very, very successful for us. Amazing. Cause if you think about it, we're, we're shelf stable. So you can like pantry load, 
it's a better for you product, which everyone's thinking about their health and wellness right now. And we're a soda replacement, which everybody's trying to look for a way to stop having more sugar, right? Amazing. Wow. Um, I'm just blown away by this story. I love it so much. Um, So what's next for the company? You know, we are seeing so much growth with where we're at. Um, I think for now, we really just like want to focus on where we're at and like just execute and do it really well. So we just launched three new flavors, a cola, a root beer, and a dock pop. And we're truly going after big soda. You know, big soda, like the Cokes and the Sprites and Dr. Peppers, they haven't been disrupted in so long since really the 80s when the Diet Cokes phase kind of happened. And it's just, it's a category that's ripe for disruption. And so we're going after them hard and, you know, I'd love to see Poppy as like this generation soda and have people stop growing up on sugary soda. So what's going to happen is you're going to disrupt and you're going to piss them off and they're going to come and buy you. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm going to be mad. (laughs) Right? So that's how that works. But that's that's not terrible either, right? Right. I mean, I think you can't lose any way in this. Um, Amazing. Do you guys do all of your um, marketing in-house or how does that work? Yeah. So I, that's something that I've kept really near and dear to my heart. So I'm chief of brand. So I still run all of marketing. I lead creative. I, it's my baby. It's our fourth child. You know, I still, if we post something on Instagram, I'm the one behind it. Not, I have a team, don't get me wrong, but I'm very particular about that because we put all the hard work in at the beginning. I don't want it to change. Got it. Um, you know, we just launched our first OTT commercial that we produced, which is, you know, our first national commercial that's streaming on all the platforms. And so it's really fun to just continue to see everything grow and come to life. And, and, you know, to this day, I still formulate like all of our new flavors. So anything new that comes out, I spend hours in the lab producing, and it's just something that I still keep really near and close to my heart. But I will say I'm eight and a half half months pregnant with, uh, our third, once again, a theme in my life. So I'm going to have to find some, at some point to calm down and, you know, let other people help. Awesome. Well, I think you've answered all of my questions. So what I want to do now is um, some rapid fire questions. So just um, put you on the spot, one sentence answers as quick as you can, if you're cool with that. Um, So the first question is, what does success mean to you? Happiness. Success is happiness. It is not money for me. Perfect. What keeps you up at night? Instagram grids and creative and photo shoots. (laughs) If you could completely switch careers and do something totally different, what would be your dream job? A mom. It's a stay-at-home mom that runs the PTA programs and just I would be a killer at it. And someday I will be. And what is one skill set that you don't have that you wish you had? I wish I was better in math and Excel and budgets, which creatives usually is not their strong suit. Right. I'm with you there. And what is your superpower? (laughs) Uh, Positive energy. Always being positive, finding a way through the negativity and not letting it get me down. 
And what is your actionable advice for anyone listening who has a concept and they want to start a brand like yours? If What's the first thing you do? You know, I always say, and I don't know who this quote is by, but it's doing something is better than nothing by an infinite amount. Um, take it in little steps, just do something and then something will happen. Love it. Awesome. Well, I think that you have answered all of my questions. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that you said that really resonates with me is that, um, you know, your goal is to create happiness and you've done it. Um, you really have done it not only, um, in the product and how it tastes, but you know, just the, the visual impact when you see it, like you're just walking through the store and you see, and it just, I don't know. It just, you have like a physical reaction to it. And I'm someone who bases my entire company on emotion-based advertising because people don't realize, um, you know, emotion is what drives 95% of our decisions in life. Um, maybe even a hundred percent. Right. And so, um, we can't underestimate how important it is, how you make people feel. And I think what's really cool is that you're driving this product through this idea of how it makes people feel, which is really a different approach. You know, I haven't really heard another beverage company kind of approach it like that. Um, and I think you've just done such a beautiful job, like such, such, such a beautiful job. So congratulations. And I'm really, really excited to see um, kind of where you go with this and what's next. And you're really an inspiration. And I hope everyone that's listening will be as inspired as me. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was so wonderful chatting today. And that coming from you with all your experience really means a lot. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. So I think that's it. And again, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, please, please check out um, Poppy. Um, your website is? Drinkpoppy.com. Awesome. You can see all the amazing branding and product. And what's your, what's your, uh, if somebody tries one flavor to start, which one would you recommend? So if you want to pick one flavor, my absolute favorite is strawberry lemon. It's our number one seller. And then we have an orange, which is like a healthier orange Fanta. So I'd recommend starting with one of those. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for being here today. If you don't already, please, please follow us on Instagram. Also like, and subscribe to our podcast, um, on iTunes and every other, uh, podcast platform. You can find us if you just type in She Dynasty. We'd really, really appreciate the support and um, very excited to keep inspiring women along their journeys. Mm -hmm.